What's up, Jimbo? Hey, hey, uh, Josh. Yes, was yes. that was that Depeche Mode? I heard on the intro. Uh, as a matter of fact, it was Depeche Mode. It was Depeche Mode. I've been uh, broadening my my musical horizons just a little bit. Right. It it, it it's only taken over a generation. Right. <laughs> Somehow it would appear that with a little Depeche Mode, a little U2, a little um, Def Leppard, I seem to be caught up in the late '80s right now in terms of what it is that I've been I've been checking out. I don't. I'm not sure exactly what that says. Uh, yeah. Um, midlife crisis, perhaps. Ooh, um, ouch. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't mean to cut that low. You, well, no, no. you know, let me tell you what. It's a lot cheaper than a sports car. It, it is. Well, you know what makes me sad is to hear you say that and me um, remembering the fact that I was concerned that I was going through a midlife crisis 10 years ago. (laughs) Well, see, the problem with, you know, see, we have certain implications by calling it a midlife crisis. My life is filled with crises. This just happens to be one of the ones that's happening midlife, right? When when it happens when you're a teenager, they call it coming of age. But it's the same thing. Right. To take that take that little pearl of pop psychology with you, everyone. You know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is a nice way way to think about it. Um, nonetheless, I, I gave this this album. This is uh, Violator. A um, a full listen through a, a couple of different times, and you know, um, it's interesting because this is definitely not music that I uh, as has been um, acknowledged that I'm not naturally uh, drawn towards or gravitate towards. But right. um, and you and never and never have been right. Never, never have been. Um, but um, I was I, I was I was very very taken by this album. I, you know, and, and I think uh, there are nine tracks on the album, and I think like five of them were singles to some degree or another. Uh, and, four, I think. Uh, it, um, it, I well, did personal Jesus, enjoy the silence, policy of truth, and world in my eyes were the four big singles. Yeah, you know what? My understanding is that that Halo was a single in some way, shape, or form. The the internet seems to be um, seems to have some sort of conflict about that. So I'm not sure. Maybe it maybe it. it maybe it was a European or UK release, but I don't think it hit the charts in the US. But you know, especially considering the the subject matter, I could see I could predict a certain reluctance for radio stations to play it here, circa 1990, uh, W. Bush. Uh, H.W. Bush being president post Reagan years, you know, I could see, I could see it, but I don't know. I can't, I don't remember for sure. I certainly don't remember seeing a, a music video for it in my heavy MTV watching days. When right. they, back when they played music. Uh, <laughs> well, um, as, as you know, I'm, I generally um, am a fan of hearing music that I've not heard before. And so, I gravitated less towards the um, the singles because because I, I know them. It's not so much that, that I dislike them, but but I know them. So I mean, personal Jesus, everyone knows. I think that was played at uh, probably every every everyone of a certain age knows that song. But if you, if it wasn't a song that you enjoyed, it's one of those funny things that in re-listening to it, maybe you can hear it um, with fresh ears or hear it differently than you may have listened to it. Most definitely. Well, and it's interesting listening to it. Uh, it's for me particularly post um, uh, hearing the Joshua Tree because I hear a lot of um, similar things going on. Um, but obviously, this is going to be way more um, 
shoot, you know, I tend to use the term synthetic in a derogatory fashion, but um, it's less. It is literally synthesized music. Right, 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 right. right. I won't say it's less organic, but the instrumentation is literally synthesized. Uh, well, perhaps we could get into a discussion about what, what organic means then. Um, but, but nonetheless, um, one of the things that, that I really dug about it and probably, um, I, I felt I, I got, I had the deepest connection to is a song, um, Waiting for the Night. And, um, man, if I couldn't hear that influence on Radiohead in that song altogether, it was such a beautiful, uh, construction of a song and um so uh contemplative and patient um i thought that that was just just a, a killer track that, that i would i would listen to um separately um you know if i were to put it on some sort of uh playlist of some sort i, I would say that one was the the surprise okay so yeah 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 i th- it was actually a long favorite track of mine back in the day unlike you mm-hmm. i was more into the um synthesized music of the late 80s early 90s and um well let me ask what outside of the fact that it appeared to be a precursor to radiohead for you for you what did you like about it um well like i said um the and specifically don't just say contemplative like what what spoke to you about it um i guess i guess the tranquility and the way in which what sounded what could have sounded like um random bleeps and bloops sounded like a conscious construction i don't know if that if that totally makes sense but it, well, i mean they're the entire album has those random bleeps and bloops that still manage to sound like music where you're not sure if it's intended to be a more rhythmic percussion type sound or an actual instrument you know traditional instrument type sound where you can definitely sing along but not quite to the to the instrumentation mm-hmm. is that so is that fair to say and then Where, there are things that, or 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 maybe um sort of computer robotic sounded like with a that's kind of under that underpins the opening of it and the ending of it. Well, it it it's the sort of song that made me feel like wouldn't it be fascinating to hear it on an acoustic guitar? And I felt like it was a song that could be translated to acoustic guitar and still sound like a full song. Whereas oftentimes songs that I describe in that bleep bloop characteristic don't, wouldn't translate to an acoustic guitar. I feel like this, that one particularly could. It could be a lovely campfire ballad at the same time that it is this studio um, uh, creation. However, now, I don't know how many times you listen to it. Um, what I, I love many things about that song. First off, in fact, one of the in, in general, what I've always appreciated about Depeche Mode is their ability lyrically to draw parallels between religion, drugs, and sex. Which, and, as I understand it, this was a very hedonistic um, studio session. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I'm sure many of them were given the time and their age at the time, but. Right. The, the, but in general, a lot of their music, you know, like in the um, the sweetest perfection, the sweetest injection, uh, even personal Jesus, they're blending, they're blending, you know, the, the, you know, drawing parallels between salvation and um, and sex, and that's mm-hmm. fairly evident with even the sound effects and um, and 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 little puns off of, yeah, you know, I, I think the original 
conception probably had to do with phone sex, you know, and they were, cause they're talking about reach out like the old G reach out and touch someone became reach out and touch face. Oh, but gotcha, clearly okay. there's, yeah, there was the, you know, when, you know, midway through or three quarters of the way through the song where they hit the, uh, the heavy breathing rhythmic. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, right. I, I don't, I'm not going to sing it for you. Our, our listeners can, can go listen to it if they want to, but waiting for the night. Um, to me, it, first off, lyrically, if it, you, you talk about it, if it were to play on the, uh, just a guitar, I say if it were to be read as a poem, it's so, um, layered and could be read just as a spoken word with no music and be profound to me. Um, but then when the way in which that they composed the, the instrumentation that I'm not sure a acoustic guitar would be able to achieve is to create the um, contrast. Whereas the first verse sounds like it wants to bring tranquility, like I'm waiting for the night to fall uh, when everything is bearable. Like you're just sort of wishing for a, a sweet dream and an escape from maybe the trials of your daily life, right? The music takes a sharp turn in the second verse, the instrumentation does, and it becomes more ominous. Okay. Uh, um, I'm so listening. Then, yeah, I'm, I'm going to bring up the lyrics today. I think I have them right here. Um, so right after, so the, the first source chorus, there's a star in the sky guiding my way with its light and in the glow of the moon. Know my deliverance will come soon. Right. And then the music takes a, you know, then, then it, there, there's like a bridge which says, there's a sound in the calm. Someone is coming to harm. I press my hands to my ears. It's easier here just to forget fear. Right. Um, it when they so when they hit back to the been waiting for the night to fall i knew that it would save us all there's it it there is it there is an undertone of something bad that is also in the night and it's unclear. like a werewolf like a werewolf a, were, a werewolf if you're at a campfire or perhaps something even more terrifying <laughs> um if <laughs> right um but then also within the broader context of all of their music, there almost is an implied uh, parallel. It, I mean, you wouldn't get this hearing the song in a, in a vacuum by itself, but knowing what many of their other songs uh, imply the use of, say, narcotics, that they're, they're, that it could be a that the waiting that, that the proverbial night is a metaphor for um, for a high of some kind. We, you know what? Uh, well, uh, since you bring up context, w- one of the things that I read about this album is that it is a um, a massive like move in a different direction for uh, for them um, from their past work. Uh, can you speak to that at all, or do you do you feel that same way? Or like I'm very unfamiliar with their their general chronology. I, what I what I what I briefly read, you know, my deep Wikipedia dive. Uh, was that that the way in which they conceived it changed? That that before that they would do a lot more pre-production work, and in this one they they worked out the music and the production work sort of together. Um, so one could call it organic, but that's another dis- discussion for another uh, no, time. No, no, that, that 
Well, that's that's a great uh, uh, definition of what organic would be in that in that context. I meant in in the the context of their their catalog, like in terms of right. No, no, but but I mean, but they were they were talking about the way in which they they were talking that that was referencing their their artistic process that had changed. I wouldn't say that this was a departure from the type of music they did. Um, it was it was it was just a an evolution that was coming to this moment. There was probably fewer dance-like tracks on it, and past you think so? work. Oh, when I refer to dance dance music, I mean they. Yeah, I do. Like even okay. people are people, which has heavier themes than typical dance music. Um, would probably be more discotheque-ish than certainly, um, you know, Halo. You know, they, they, so there's more of that kind of music on it than that than there maybe had been in some of their past catalog. And I and I'm not a you know, and it's been so long. I listened to this album for the purposes of this um, discussion, but I, I didn't go back and listen to black celebration or um or music for the masses or, uh, some great reward those some of the pre pre violator albums i didn't go back and listen to those but i would i wouldn't say it was it's that different maybe okay. maybe they there was more use of more actual i would say more use but more use of guitar because there is hints of, of not just the personal use but in other parts of the, you know, uh, orchestration than in past music. Well, and, and my understanding is also Personal Jesus came out like four or five months before the album came out. Like that was the intro to that the That was probably their single drop, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was what they're about to do, be prepared. And um, really, other than Just Can't Get Enough, I don't know that I'm that familiar with um, – Depeche Mode music other than this, uh, or prior to this, uh, the songs of faith, love, and devotion. You would, you would know somebody. You probably know that song. I want somebody to share, share the rest of my life. That was a really big hit when we were in high school. Uh, okay. it, it would, it, it, it definitely was played at the high school dances. Definitely. Okay. Um, that's off some great reward. You know, people are people. Um, I know that one for sure. Yeah, yeah. Right, and you you would know some of the songs from Music for the Masses. Um, but I, yeah, I'm trying to think of what they would be offhanded. You don't want me to sing them, so just look at music. Yeah, the correct. And you, you know, um, um, by the way, but, did you notice the, the the degree to which? Um, let's see. The last song is it called "Clean"? The, yeah. Um, okay. That that sounds like one of these days in in the intro. Uh, Pink Floyd, one of these days. Dude, it's so it's so remarkable how perfect they line up. Huh. I'll have to go back and listen to it. I can, I can see that, like, sort of imagining. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, Metal by Pink Floyd is, is one of my um, frequent, like, post-show listens. And um, the way the bass line gallops like that, it's so yeah. Yeah. perfect. And, it. Uh, by the way, those of you guys who are listening, if you listen to one of these days, it takes, like, a minute and a half to get to the gallop. But, um, but, but it's there. <laughs> Which which obviously that triplet is in so many different songs, but right no, uh, but even, it's not just the triplet. It's the it's the way the music, the actual instrument sounds. Too. Oh yeah, yeah, the way it swirls and sounds. It's, it's so awesome. Uh, so right. uh, which so we're on the English trip today, and wait I, wait I wait. But I, I wanted to share a memory. I did. I was letting our 
I was letting our conversation be organic, but I wanted to share a memory that I didn't get to. Go, um, go, go. Uh, so <laughs> I have a fond memory associated specifically with waiting for the night. I remember uh, driving with a few other high school friends from an event and to be honest, it, it could have we could have gone to like an amusement park like Great America. We could have been at like the Renaissance Fair dorks that we were. I don't remember the event specifically. I, I would say it's the Renaissance Fair, but I could be wrong. And I do remember listening to that album because we all would have been um, geeky enough to do that. And, and of course, we would have been driving back in the evening, right? And through the course of that. If I if I were to say in my memory it would be waiting for the night, but it probably could have been at any point in the album. We hit dusk and it went from from light to dark by before the end of the album, and there uh, was a thunderstorm and we drove through and and and, and by all Californians who are listening to us know that thunderstorms are rare. How many how many thunderstorms have you ha- seen in your life in California? Right, fewer than a dozen. And so, so to have that memory, it, it, there was something sort of poetic or magical to it that I'll never forget. So that this album has a sort of special place for me in my heart and memory. Nice. Uh, and, nice. and that has nothing to do with anything else other than I wanted to share it. Right. Oh, no, no, no. Beautiful. Uh, now, I'll, I'll transition, though, to other English stuff. And um, I know we constantly uh, talk about the stuff that we are watching, but and I'm constantly – a little bit behind the rest of the world. And uh, Gillian Anderson got uh, the Golden Globe this past weekend for uh, playing uh, Margaret Thatcher in The Crown. And we started watching the first season of The Crown, where we're almost all the way through. Man, it is good. I, I hide. <laughs> I, I know you're mocking me right now. And that's I'm not lot. mocking. I'm not, I'm, dude, I'm not mocking you. I'm not mocking you for. And just to start with, yes, this show that's been around for what five? Is it four, five, six seasons yeah, now? I, I think it's four. Yeah, yeah. Four, four. A show that's been around for four seasons. A short, a show that I believe has won awards in the past, if not but for sure accolades. That you prefaced with one of its actors won a Golden Globe, and then to say, man, it's good. <laughs> no, no, it, it's not just good. It's quite good. <laughs> let's, let's qualify good, okay? I do. Well, I, I remember. I just side note. I remember good would be considered a dead word to my uh, eighth grade English teacher. We would have been marked down for using. Yeah. We would have been marked down for using the, the adjective or a, a good. And if you, if we, I can imagine saying quite good, and she'd be like, "Use the dead word." I'm like, "No, no, no, no!" But I didn't just leave it at good. I said quite good. I qualified very good. it. Right. It'd be even better. <laughs> Well, no, the the thing that strikes me about it, beyond um, the performances, and, and I don't know, are are you in, uh, like, a royalty guy at all? Do you, do you pay attention to that? Have you historically? God, no. No, no. No, I, no, I, I, yeah. right, I don't care. I, well, and I don't, I mean, I just don't. Right, right, because you're American. Uh, but, <laughs> there are Americans who are into it, though. They, I, I know, I know. That's they, a small, they, I think it's a relatively small um, demo. Right. Well, um, the thing about it, though, that strikes me is it's it's fundamentally all about power and the limitations of power. So you've got this this queen who has to share power with parliament, but her role is utterly symbolic. And so it's all about the way in which she has to make compromises and makes promises to different people. 
and then isn't able to fulfill them because her power is such that she cannot do so. And um, it's just so weird because growing up, you think that, okay, the person who's, who's the boss is in charge. And you don't think about all the limitations there are when you become the boss. Yeah. Okay. So, so let's take it out of the context of uh, British um, government structure, because, as stated, and 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 I don't know, I don't know enough about the history. I know that there's the Magna Carta. Okay, good for me. But I don't know. But I don't believe that it was the, really the point at which the uh, the royal became utterly and completely symbolic. Um, sure. Because sure. Ob- because obviously during. In American history, I learned about the Revolutionary War and King George's wrongdoings. They would never do that today because the king wouldn't even be considered the one who was doing the wrongness. Prime minister or parliament would have much more authority in that situation in today's. So I don't know when it, how many times throughout history it flipped before it became what it sort of is today. But to take it outside of that context, do you mean that no matter what the position of power is, the limitations? Uh, yeah. So coincidentally, I did see um, uh, the, the movie Chips recently. And um, it is uh, – it did not win a Golden Globe nor an Oscar. Um, and it was directed by Dak Shepard, who does does a podcast like we Chips. do. Chips, as in the television show. About as in the television show. Right, right, right. And I only right. watched it because because uh, I'm a fan of him. And he directed it, he wrote it, and he stars in it. And you know what? It was all right. Quite good. Quite good. Not quite good. But the thing was, was watching it, especially in the context of having seen this program, you realize how many different sorts of accommodations that you have to make when you're in charge of something. And it made me think of – and again, this is, this is the second OPP that I'm going to mention. I won't mention any more this time. But it reminds me of like five years ago when uh, Mark Maron interviewed Barack Obama. He talked about how, uh, you know, there are people who are disappointed with the decisions that I make, but they're all based on compromise. And to be in charge of something is like steering a boat. And at first you think that when you steer a boat that you can just make a hard right or a hard left, um, but you can't. But if you move that boat five degrees to the west or to the east, at some point in the future – that boat is going a wholly different direction than it was before. And that's that's what I see play out. And it, the reason why I bring it up within the context of The Crown is because it's so so much of a microcosm, as you watch the first season, that these changes or decisions seem so small, you know, to placate her sister, to placate her husband, to placate Winston Churchill. But they they involve a matter of movement that does change things. Nice. Sorry, that, that's I, sounds like the, that sounds like what's the dog's name? Grace. She's, she's, like Grace. she's not a princess though. Right. Sounds like Grace is either agreeing or disagreeing with you. Uh, no, no. I think she's defending me right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> Neither agreeing nor disagreeing, just defending. No. No, 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 no. I love dogs. They don't even, they're like, I don't care what you believe. I'm on your side. 
<laughs> yeah. the best thing about dogs. Well, I, I would say that's the best thing is anything that doesn't speak. Well, so, so like, for example, a, uh, your, a twig coaster? Uh, well, no, no, no. That makes sounds and shows empathy, but doesn't speak. Okay. Okay. There yeah, you go. Yeah, <laughs> then you, you could put your I, – I, I guess you could put your intentions on a drink coaster if you like, but it's much easier if it stares at you. <laughs> and so if you had a drink coaster with eyeballs on it. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, I I, I have I, – I mean, of course, the – I have nothing to speak to on the crown because we don't watch it. Right. That's why and I was why trying not? to bring it outside. Because um, there's so much, there's so much content that I just, you know, eventually you, 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 you make choices to placate. Ah. And uh, no, no, it wasn't. Made? It was. It was. It wasn't a power move on anyone's point. It was just. It was. We there were there were enough shows. We watched the first couple episodes, but again, there were. Uh, in our household, um, as previously discussed, we, we, there's only so many sort of call it heavy television that can be watched. And it, at the time that we sort of picked that one up to give it a try, we already had like three or four heavy shows. And I would say it's heavy. You would agree that the uh, crown is heavy. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely heavy. Well, it requires heavy attention. No, no. The point is not the attention. The point is the theme. The themes are heavy. Right. The the, the 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 themes are not. Uh, it, this is not uh, sitcom sitcomish. This the themes the themes are adult and and have gravity, and we had enough of those types of programs that we were just never going to get to the other ones that we had already started if we'd started that one as well. So that that was and so I mean we could pick it up, but now there's other things. That's that's the beauty. It's, it, you know the the great the great content drive of 2020 2021. Right, right. Are, 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 do, have you guys watched anything recently before we close out? Probably, but I didn't come thinking about it, so I don't want to. I don't want to waste our time trying to call up call up what happened. You know, it's been a. I, I think it's worth a mention. You know, in case we don't get a chance to record uh, next week for whatever reason, I think it's worth mentioning that we're coming up on a year um, anniversary since the, since the shutdown began from COVID. And if if age makes the days sort of uh, blurred together, uh, age and COVID make them blur even more. To the point that um, what did I watch this weekend? I don't know. Something something <laughs> something good. Something I I, I try to enjoy. Uh, no, I you know uh, real quick just I mean, because because my babbling has made me remember it. We watched uh, Judas and Black Messiah on HBO oh, Max. Oh yeah yeah was it fantastic? Of course. Well, you know the lead uh, the lead actor. I don't know his name offhand. Did win a Golden Globe, so right. I would have to say it's uh, it's quite good. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's it's on the short list. It's on the short list. It, it recommended, but we don't have to discuss it in any great detail. So, since, uh, but but in any in any case, I think um, in closing, it's been a year. I'm wishing everybody well. And good, great mental health as, to the degree that they can achieve it. And uh, I look forward to uh, talking with you and all of our gazers next time. Indeed. Chat soon. Take care, man. Love, Love you. you. See you. Love you.
century Doing something mean to it Do it 